welcome to Porsche Talk Podcast. I'm Mark from Mark and Cars across most social media and as always joined by Ajmal. G'day Ajmal, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm Ajmal, flat cap driver on Instagram and occasionally on YouTube. I don't know if anybody's noticed but I did for a video on YouTube because something momentous happened. Hang on, hang on. They don't work if you've got to tell me to hang on. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> the spontaneity on, at the moment me... is completely gone. <laughs> let, me, let me find the appropriate sound effects. <laughs> well, look, I'm not that good at this. Just be patient, all right? So why? Why why would people be excited at what they saw on YouTube? Well, I don't know if they'd be excited. They'd probably well, you are. Eyebrow. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm excited. <laughs> but I actually got my Porsche 912 out. And yeah, exactly. Oh, crap was wild. Um, it was uh, so I did put the fan belt on, and I did kind of what we discussed last week, which was I didn't fettle it, I didn't do anything, I just, just hit the motorway. Yeah, yeah, I hit the motorway, I did 106 miles in a day. Um, and I went to the Porsche Classic Show, the first Porsche Classic Show, uh, over in Rickmansworth, which is like 55 miles away or something 53 miles away hence the so, 106 return yes okay got it yeah yes um <laughs> and it was it was baking hot and it the car really or the outside temperature all of it right okay, uh, no yeah. the outside temperature got it yeah. um but the, but the car didn't miss a beat the idle is high remember we talked about yeah, the yeah, yeah. you reckon you got a problem with the vacuum, vacuum advance but i don't even reckon you got vacuum on it it's yeah it's the problem is the rotor arm Oh, we're looking it's for literally just—it's literally just fluffing about. Because <laughs> I touched, <laughs> I looked at it. I went to see—is—is is the vacuum does it flip back? And I touched it, and the the rotron fell off. And I went to put it back on, and it's just rocking. Really? Well, yeah, look, so the good big, thing is it's a cheap aperture. It is. So the aperture is big for the actual shaft, mm -hmm. so it moves side to side. So the timing wanders as yeah. you're driving it. Of course, it does. So it starts up and it's sat there idling perfectly and the choke's on uh, or whatever, it, you know, the, the cold start yep. is working perfectly. And then as it starts to warm up, the idle goes up and up and up. And then, you know, when you're at the, when you're at, when you're at the pedestrian crossing and there's, and there's a guy crossing. And you're at three and a half thousand RPM. Yeah. <laughs> He's on crutches and I'm like, I'm about to do launch control. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and he slowly crosses it. And you got, you're there going, I can't help it. It's the car. Tell me, was the idle or is the um, advance that far on the car that it is a 1960, what year's your car? Eight? 68? 67? 66. 66. Is it a 1966 cruise control at the moment on the motorway? Uh, is it advanced yeah. that far yet? Or are you sitting at about 50 mile an hour in fourth or fifth and um, with no foot on the accelerator? Yeah, Yes, yeah, so slow it below 50, you, you're just, the clutch is slipping and your foot's on the brake. Yeah, no. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, it it cruised really well. I mean, the thing is, I had to go down, really busy motorway, Paul no, I had to go down the M4, M25, um, and it was, obviously, I've got no seatbelts, and I haven't been out in it in eight months anywhere. Um, so, I, you know, we, but most of the time, you know, you think I'll stay in the slow lane, and... It was, you know, when you doubt yourself on something. So there's, they've got these fixed average speed cameras because there's ah, roadworks on the sure. four. And it said it's a 50 mile an hour limit. And, and my speedo is in 
kilometers an yeah. hour. 80. And you, know, you go, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. And then quickly on the old Siri, <laughs> what's 50 miles an hour in kilometers? It's 82.5. <laughs> right, sticker, it's 2.5. <laughs> You need to carry a packet of stickers around with you so you can just stick, yeah, stick little dots onto the actual... Yeah. There should be lines on it with a little... little on the, on the speedos. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on, yeah. just this is the speed limit. This both of the... you stop for a sec. Welcome, Paul. Thank L- you, Listeners, we have a... sitting there quietly. <laughs> you weren't sitting there quietly. That's why I'm introducing you early. Right? Well, no. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah. So, welcome to the podcast. Paul from Reengineering Across Social Media. Why would people think it's a great idea to have him on the podcast what do you do so um thank you for inviting me on firstly engineering is an opportunity for uh, i guess a number of things but i i have a friend of mine that i work with and his son had graduated um from university with a first and couldn't get a job now he is an absolute petrol he's a lovely guy as well and it was our conversation about well, how, how, how is that fixed there's loads of um, opportunities for people to go out and do work experience, but I wanted to come up with something slightly more interesting than just doing basic work experience. So being a Porsche, massive Porsche fan, I was thinking, okay, how can we put together an engineering project that is totally different to what anyone else has done to a really high standard and be able to show the world what we're doing? Um, so I thought, well, Ajmal and lots of other people, I know, you know, there's, there's great YouTube. YouTube's a fantastic place for that. So I thought, you know, I'm an engineering manager. I can run a team. I can, I can build something. If I can't, I can get people that can do it for me. Why don't we find good people that are, that are graduating that need uh, exposure and then give them the opportunity to build something in front of everybody else? So that was the intention. So we're going to do, we're going to take a 550 Spider kit. Now, anybody that's listening, please don't cringe because I, I get it. Kit cars don't have the best reputation, but this is nothing like anyone's seen before. We're talking a completely play on words. Go on, Mark. Call it a tribute. It sounds so much more credible. Tribute. Well, look, I, the, the <laughs> thing is, it does. But at the same time, what I don't want to do is get away from the fact that we are starting with a kit car base. But what I company? When we get to the end, uh, again, TBC, we're going to wait and see. I want to try oh. and uh, broker some partnerships. Yeah, so okay. that might determine who it's with or who, who we use as a base. But the outcome at the end will be, I'm expecting it to be a full carbon fiber tub. I'm expecting it to be, you know, when we talk about uh, suspension pickup points and components and brakes and everything else to be completely start from scratch. We'll use the um, BOSA book. So the British guidance and legislation document for getting a car on the road effectively. Okay. That will be, we'll take that like uh, MSA blue book for racing. So typically what a race team would do is look at all the loopholes what can you get away what's the absolute edge you can get away with and still be within the guidelines we're going to basically take the same approach with this what can we get away with and still get it on the road sure um and yeah so we're going to re-engineer and hence the play on words for engineering re-engineering um the entire chassis everything absolutely everything we can do and it'll be led by me and two other guys i kind of so frustrating i wish i could talk about their roles in the companies they are what i'll tell you offline um, one of them works for a supercar manufacturer. The other one works for a household products designer. So okay. one's um, a design sure. engineer, one's a creative engineer. So with the three of us, we'll be leading the project, but then we're going to select 10 university graduates to actually do the work. 
This um, sounds exciting. And I'll set the tone when you start. Yeah, so, can you hurry up? I want to see the I'll, outcome. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. The, the, problem, the problem with all this is, and I and so initially I was going to go straight out to universities and I spoke to Surrey University and some of the graduates there. They were super keen. The feedback was great. When can I start? How can I get involved? The reality is, though, and you you know, you guys have appreciated this, it takes time to build an audience on YouTube. What I didn't want to do is start off, I know, start off yeah, trying I haven't to sell stuff. I haven't done it yet, so yeah. let me know when you know how yeah, to can you, like, can you tell oh, me how to do it as well? <laughs> well, yeah, Mark, you're doing great. Ashmar, we won't talk about you, but Mark's doing yeah. great. No, I don't, uh, I don't think I've posted a video now for, what, six weeks, two months? No, well, it's still got 10,000 plus of new. And it's, it's, you look, it's shrinking like you wouldn't believe. It's been up to 13. Really? There you go. Wow. Okay. So I'm starting from nothing, right? So oh, I've been there. After, after, yeah. Well, of course, we all have. Um, what I didn't want to do though is go out trying to canvas for uni students, students, and say, look, you can get this great exposure, but without having an audience to expose them to. Oh, I know. So yeah, this, see, this is an engineer talking. You need a salesperson involved. He, I'll tell you sure. where you, I tell you where you're know failing, what? and you sell to these graduates. They're going to create the audience by the product. Oh, right. Producing. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And I do believe that. I do believe that. I do believe I, that. I think you're onto um, something. I think this could look. Put it this way: it's either going to, it could go viral, if it's uh, mm. chaotic enough. Mm. I, yeah, so, and, and first, I, I, I just think firstly, if we just tell everybody, engineering on YouTube and Instagram. That's Ren R E double N. Yes, engineering, <laughs> and yes. Um, and she's <laughs> engineering. Annoyingly, engineering was already taken on Instagram, so everywhere else is engineering. And I'm trying to get in touch with the person to hand it over because uh, I think it's a dormant account as well, which is so frustrating. But it's Rengineering UK on Instagram. But I will try and solve. We'll it. link oh, both. We're going to link yeah, both of them in the podcast. Link all it, yeah. Link it. We'll link it all. Yeah, yeah, I definitely we'll, have we'll, we'll to for. In. I definitely have to for your YouTube channel because it's impossible to find. You need some more subscribers. So everyone, go and subscribe from yep. the link in the bottom of this podcast, please. Please, yes, cool. yes. If you and, and, and I genuinely believe in what we're doing as well, so I think it's going to be great. So one of the things, because because for me as an engineering concept, you know, not being an engineer, but I, I do like to get my hands dirty every now and again. Mark won't agree, but um, the starting point. So the starting point is almost like an off-the-shelf tub, isn't it? But totally everything else is gonna, but everything that you're going to then you're gonna take that away, and you know whatever the the standard way of saying it is, like uh, like Mark said, it's tribute, it's reimagined, it's whatever mm. it might oh, be. Oh, reimagined! That, no, that sounds like a singer now. You can't, you can't drop that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's singer, isn't that's it? That's too high standard. Like, trademarks and copyright and yeah, exactly. So, uh, do you already know what kind of kit you're going to get? Because what's the one? There's the is it the Beck? Is it Beck? The Beck's the, the Beck's the benchmark typically. Yeah, uh, when especially when I've obviously done some research and. Yeah, that would be my preferred starting point. But also, I recognise the fact that there might be manufacturers out there that I just don't know of. Could um, I, or I there could, might be something that is used. And actually, sorry, Mark, go ahead. If I could make a suggestion, don't Please, lock in the 550 thing yet, right? Because yeah. if someone comes in and says, look, I've started this 718 RSK kit that i just not yeah. going to finish. I'm going to donate yeah. it to the cause. Yeah. I don't want you to be in a position where you said, no, I've got my heart set on a 550. Or if someone comes to you with a 906 or something like yeah, that, yeah. which in all honesty, for the type of project you guys want to do, a 906 yeah. or a 917 kit would probably mm. be better suited yeah. with the part monocoque structure. Yeah. Well, doesn't so, doesn't a 906 have a cavernous like space for its engine and gearbox? Massive, a 90, like, yeah. Yeah. 
it's bigger clearly but it's because it, it's that sort of coupe back isn't it so it's got like a slanted back so you yeah, got yeah it's a hard space, top but... 906 is a hard yeah. top yeah, yeah yeah but i think with the with the spider um because beck they there's various levels that you can buy but you can actually buy mm. one that's just rolling with everything in it apart from the engine and gearbox it's got the brakes yeah. it's got everything wiring so interior it's purpose of and it's just pulls trying to achieve yeah, you roll it in but but that's not what you want is it no 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 i mean it would I, look, i'm happy to take and you're right mark any starting point is a good starting point i certainly wouldn't turn that down but we have so we're not intending on doing one car and then that being it they're all going to be we're intending on doing one of one and then moving on to the next project so it's a fresh project each time but the intention would be to start with a 550 then potentially look at an rsk then something else and then something else so each the intention is each year well, i say year as any engineer knows or any project manager knows that you start off with a date and then you quickly move to the right and you move to the right but and and the problem is the focus is on quality not on speed so you know we we recognize that we're starting from a limited budget there's going to be a lot of um discussion with people that might want to be partners with us and again an audience and engagement helps to be able to generate that conversation so um but yeah th this isn't a one and done this is something that i want to endure it's something that i'm so passionate about actually the, not even just the car but the idea of providing a platform for graduates that actually we'd like to do many of these and ultimately if i can if it generates enough of a of enough revenue it's for me to be full-time doing this and and not have a job although if my company hear this then i'm completely committed to my work and i love my job if you're relying on social media if you're relying on social media to fund this project i think your employer is safe yeah 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 I thought, yeah yeah i thought this is the bit that you were going to say please edit that out um <laughs> but on, but on the, the the build so you've got at the moment you've got no sort of something in mind as a as a drivetrain engine and gearbox you don't know what that's going to be uh just but just but just you know for me and mark if somebody mm. comes to you and says why don't we make it electric can you please punch him in the face nope i'm not gonna do <laughs> we're not gonna do electric there's absolutely no way we will at some point i think we're all going to be and i said this on um on the cold start which is the first uh, release i did that's on youtube now so do go and have a look um and i talked about it microscopically then and said you know at some point we're gonna have to face that electric is what we have to do until we're pushed into that situation where there's no opportunity to do anything else I, i'm going to keep going with internal combustion and it's more exciting i i'm a my own car i love noise i love the sound i love the feel the vibration and what you know it doesn't feel right to try and shove extra weight into a sport stroke racing car that's designed to be lightweight it just is it goes against the grain for me as an engineer so sure yeah, it, we will do it at some point but it's not the right thing to do for this is there any um interest to look at uh projects that can deliver this outcome that aren't porsche derived uh yeah I, I, I mean i guess there are it's not something that i've looked at because um and i've only i'm only fairly recent to to porsche in the first place so it's been what well, i'm four and a half years into porsche ownership and don't know a great deal um uh, but i'm fascinated by the brand and i have a history of loving the brand just not, not as an owner um and i want to stick with it it's, what, what do you drive I, I think i've got a 981 cayman oh nice and, nice and choice I might go, oh, have you, yeah it's lovely brilliant um and i recently had a 911 carrera t so, wait wait whoa 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 
Stop there. Stop press. This is all this is all new to me. I thought you bought the tea, which I saw, and you were really yeah. low-key about it. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. And mm. that didn't go unnoticed. And then, you know, the 981 was going for sale. Mm. Mm. And now it's all like you had the 911 tea for five minutes. What happened? I know. Well, two months and two thousand miles, but it felt like five minutes. Um, this is all going to go out on the channel as well. So there's a big, so is, there's four playlists that are going to be on the channel. I'll talk about this in a minute, but let's talk about this specific thing. Um, yes, you're completely right. So I had the the 981 came and uh, got to a point in my career, in my life, where I thought, you know what, if you're going to take a swing and go and get the car of your dreams, go and get it. And at that point, the Carrera T, for me personally, hit all the right notes. It was exactly what I wanted to see. I thought I could, you know, irrespective of how much it's going to cost because it's still quite a high value car i'll grind at it and keep paying it off until because it would have been finance or a lot of it would um was uh until it's paid off and then that will be my that will be my end-to-end porsche you know your forever car one of the forever car something like your 912 but more reliable um <laughs> maybe and, uh, and yeah maybe no, we'll find out but um yeah so i had it for two thousand miles two months and I had a heart-sinking feeling after probably two weeks of driving it. And I thought, maybe this is just buyer's remorse. You know, we all get that when we spend a lot of money on something. It's got to live up to the hype. And no, Mark's shaking his head no. as if to say that doesn't keep happen going. to him. Yeah, yeah, keep going. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, and, and, it, and it didn't. And I thought, look, is it a grower? Is it something that's going to be, that is, I'll spend more time in and I'll, you know, and it just didn't. It didn't happen. The, the love affair never happened. What it did do, though, is make me think, so we talk about values for a second. I'm quite open with values. Um, my Cayman was thirty-two thousand British pounds, um, and this Carrera T was seventy-five. So there's a big difference. Um, and I was thinking, oh, you know what? Is it twice as good? I don't know if I'm. I don't, it's not. And 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 this is the thing. No, and and I'll get shot down. I'm sure by all the nine eleven owners in the world that you know. But for me personally, the things I wanted out of a vehicle, I don't need. You know ridiculously fast cars that isn't i drive generally on the road i don't do track days um and and the sound the the turbos whilst it was a quicker car it strangled the noise um ajmal and i met and went and had a coffee and you know he saw my car turn you know heard me turn up and it sounded amazing um mm. i had this pang of like oh what have i done didn't tell my wife because my wife had already just about got on board with me buying a bright yellow 911 wasn't completely keen uh, and then had that, and, and it's, this is again another another engineering thing. Fail fast, right? So if you if you make a decision that yep. you've made the wrong move or you need to do something differently, don't cry about it. Don't sit there whinging and kind of trying to um, you know mull it over for weeks on end. If you know you've done the wrong thing, fix it quickly because it's the cheapest way of dealing with it. Um, and that's exactly what I did. So I immediately then phoned the guy, phoned the guy that I'd sold my old my old Cayman to, and said. I suppose you love it or hate it or got any plans? And he's like, well, actually, I didn't really get on with it. I'm going to go and buy a, a Boxster. Oh, in fact, I've just bought a Boxster. Um, and I was like, right, let's let's start talking then because I want my old car back. I don't just want any 981. I want my exact 981 back. The spec was great. The um, Yeah, it, it, was, it was perfect for me. It had things like PTV and... PDLS and PASM and Sports Chrono for, for a base 981 since a base car, um, it was perfect. And the condition of it was so good that if I had to go and find another 981, I reckon I'd be spending months to try and find something as good as that. It was like new, wasn't so, it? 
basically yeah yeah i bought it with thirteen thousand miles on the clock from a guy that had it as part of a collection never been out in the wet when we got up on the ramp when i first bought it all the underbody stickers were completely intact it was you know it was as good as you can possibly hope to find a car um and then oh, wow. I've put all the miles in it since. So it's 28,000 miles now. And it's this guy had it for what, six or eight weeks, put 600 miles on it. And, and I got it back off him. So, oh, yeah. Great story. So what well, happened I mean, to the 911? The 911 went to Ashgood. So if for those of you that aren't UK-based, there's a, a Porsche specialist that are really well-known over here. Um, and, they, and they were lovely. They were really good. We worked the price out very quickly. Um, and there was it was a no no nonsense deal. I just had someone turn up with a, a trailer and collect it, and you know, send some money over, and that was that. So easy, oh. easy, easy. Yeah, fascinating. Not your typical Porsche owner story. No. Yeah. It's all documented. So I've shot, obviously I've obviously shot videos for all this, and you know, if you're if it sounds like an interesting story to you, it's all going to be out on the YouTube channel. So you'll be able well, to hurry up and post it. People aren't going to people aren't hey. sitting around waiting for you to post. Let's see it. <laughs> <laughs> well the problem is i've spent a year over a year uh i am a perfectionist um shooting all sorts of bits and pieces deleting some of it there was the early stuff i mean it was really really bad oh, really all really our bad. early videos are rubbish aren't they ashmal yeah. oh no yeah, no no absolutely. no, no. This... run with it you, you know what you should post your early rubbish i'm a firm believer so that in the future yeah, yeah. you can come back to it to see how much you've evolved much progress he made yeah and so interestingly i am going to do that but i've cherry picked a couple that i think there's is in it more interesting some of the early stuff didn't even have a, a story didn't have anything to it it would just been literally random junk on there and i don't want that yep. but there are there's a so there's one that's going up this sunday uh which is me going to see sam from seen through glass um so that's going to go out but it was a complete technical disaster hang on um, and, just, and there's an engineering point to that so how yeah. on earth have you got sam from seen through glass, he will not even respond to my messages to come on the podcast. No, I get, he's a lovely chap. I get nothing from him. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just, I just, you know, I emailed the guy and you know, explained what engineering was and what I was planning to do. Mm -hmm. um, and it was timed at a point where he was doing his uh, SDG live. It was last year, it wasn't? It's not recently. It was last September, October, I think. Um, and he said, "Yeah, come down and we'll we'll do a bit to the camera." So. So the, the, yeah, that's the first video. The first proper video that's going up is going to have that. Oh, good on you! But I, I completely ballsed up the technical stuff. Um, set I, I listened to too much online camera setting stuff, and I didn't really understand what I was doing. So I completely bleached out everything. Yep. Now I just set everything to water and let the camera figure it out, and that seems much better. But mm -hmm. yeah, so but there's a point to all of this, you know, and I'm happy to expose the good bits and the bad bits because that's part of engineering too. Is you know, something well, no doubt the uni graduates will make mistakes and or i'll make mistakes or the other guys will make mistakes and it's really important to show all of that and not just and i think this this is one of the other thing reasons why i think engineering is a good prospect is that it's like and, I, and i've said this to other people before when i've talked about it it's like a 400 page forum thread we'll sit and i'll i'll sit through 20 i'll read through 28 pages of a forum thread on someone's build happily yeah, all yeah. day long yeah <laughs> and what we don't see on youtube very often is people going into the detail quite often it's there's some great people out there like retro power i love retro power but you get a snapshot of a week's worth of work in 10 minutes yeah this is the 400 page or 400 you know comment forum thread. oh yeah i'll tell you there's, gonna, there's definitely gonna be 11 people out there that are gonna love this 
yeah all right look if those 11 people love it that's that's enough for, it's, not, it's enough for me it's probably not for the for the channel but yeah i, I don't know paul have you ever um seen an australian um youtuber called jeff mickleman he has a youtube channel called jeff? home built by jeff i do i've spoken to jeff he's a lovely guy yeah yeah he's yeah. he's actually been on a podcast in the past he's a oh, um, he's, oh, he's, he's um he's coming out he's coming over to perth in uh next month and we're going to catch up for a uh just the uh, families to get together but he's um his work and the balls ups he does and he's he has it out all on the it. table as well he does a great job of that stuff I love that, and, and it's one of the reasons why I got in touch with Jeff early on, um, is because I respected the fact that he fully commits, yep. <laughs> and, it's, and there's no shame, and he shouldn't be ashamed at all. Because you know, I, I'm exactly the same. I make some horrendous mistakes, but don't take it too seriously. And that's what I love about his channel. He yep. doesn't take those those moments too seriously. It's yep. like, well, I've got to undo a load of welds, got to grind back a load of welds that I spent two weeks working on, and. <laughs> laughs about it and moves on and you know credit all credit to him and and yeah the work he's done i'm absolutely fascinated by um al ferrari i think that's going to be a oh, i think really everyone is cool yes, I think yeah as well. very cool if you haven't seen it ajmal he's got a 105 um alfa romeo that he's fully restored the body Ooh. on and he's got a 360 ferrari motor that he's putting in the front of it but just saying it like that is uh, undervaluing the amount of engineering work he's had to do to make this whole thing it's got a subaru brz gearbox bolted on the back of it um it's wow. yeah it's an amazing project you've got you've just got to you've got to check it out i'm gonna have to check it out because um I've, i do watch a couple of videos like that uh, threads that i follow and one of them is um you know johnny smith mm. uh, the journalist over here on fifth gear and he's, he's yeah. the late break show on uh youtube also and he's doing but he's doing he's a uh, sleeper allegro have you seen that thread <laughs> Uh, I, I, I've seen it. I, the, the Allegro still makes the hairs go up on the back of my neck. He's got such a bad reputation over here, isn't it? I respect everything he does, and I love the guy, but that, yeah, it's down the stack as far as uh, so, interesting. So for me, but for me, it stuck out because forever etched in my motoring history is the fact that I mm. learned to drive in a chocolate brown 1980 Did you really? Austin Allegro, yes. Right. And it, well, right. no, it wasn't even Austin. It was British Leyland, so it was when they were right. really bad. Yeah, and he's his Austin, and he originally went with putting a Rover V6 engine in it. Yeah, um, so you know, it's a tiny, it's not a tiny engine, but it's a decent sized engine bay, but it was all tilted, and the cooling would have to be at the back. So, with fans, so he went to this guy, and this guy who's now started his own channel called Fabco, and he's gone from having nothing on youtube to start in this project with johnny and he's now got ten thousand subscribers oh, good on you. Wow, just good on he's him. only got a few videos he's only got a few videos on there and the other thing he's doing is he's taken a a, a type s thingy jaguar s type mm. Mm. and he's taken all the running gear out of that and put it in an austin princess <laughs> <laughs> oh I, just, I don't want to say so it so he's running those these two things alongside, but he's the one who said to Johnny Smith, don't put that rover engine in there. You're just compromising the hell out of everything. And it's such a little known engine that it's unreliable. And when it goes wrong, no one sells the parts. They don't yeah. exist. So he's yeah. gone, let's put a Honda Civic Type R engine in it. Good man. Just, right. So the, yeah. two, the two, engine, two, two uh, powertrains that jumped to me is LS or K20. And good on yeah. him for that. So. 
Yeah, because the because the Civic, it's there's so much aftermarket stuff, and he said mm. it's super powerful straight off the bat. It's drivable, tunable, um, <clears throat> configurable, and he's completely rebuilding the front. Mm-hmm. But it will look bog standard when he's finished. Good, good. That that that's good. It would be real real shame if he, you know, was going to paint it Kawasaki green and with you know huge wide wheels on it. Oh, it doesn't yeah. need that. It's, no, it's, it's got a, it's got a look like a sleeper. Yeah. Yeah, it's still going to have the chrome hubcaps on it. It's green. Probably not for long. The... They'll probably spin off. Wait. Well, yeah, probably. But he's done the interior in um, old London Underground seats <laughs> colouring. So he's got the material. Because <laughs> it's a Does 70s really? car. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. looks so period. Um, and so it just cool. made me think, oh, my God, I wonder what that Allegro would feel like now, driving it all this, all this time As later. disappointing as you remember. It was, yeah, I mean, it, was it was horrific. It was horrific because it had that what do you call it? Hydroelastic suspension. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just so, awful. You know, and if it, it leaks and then it sits on its bum and then you're just driving exactly. it over there. So sometimes <laughs> you just come out and one side's just collapsed. And then yeah, you've got totally to drive right, it down yeah. the road like that to the garage. You go, can you pop the suspension back oh. up, please? It's just it's just horrific, awful car. And uh, but it just makes me think that. Now people look at them and go, "Oh, it's a classic," and something. And sometimes you're going to go, "No, it's just old and shit." It's just bad. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's true. just old and just shit. It's not a classic. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. But there's love for everything. That's why. That's why I love about this British car culture is that it doesn't matter what you have, there will be someone else out there that loves that thing as well. And oh, well, there's, that there's a well, you know the um, Paul, you know the Lamborghini garage around the corner. Yeah. From yeah. me, there's a guy mm-hmm. who turns up there to get his Diablo serviced. Often and they, they they called him up and said, "Can you come in? We need to show you something." And he turned up in his other car, which was a chocolate brown Vanden Pla Allegro with the big Rolls Royce grill on the front. Oh, that's <laughs> horrific! <laughs> and you're just there going, "Oh my god!" But I I would love to drive one of those old cars again just to see what it's like. I mean, it's yeah. bad enough. I always forget you're older. I mean, we said this when we. You know, first met. I, I I think of you as roughly my age, and you're not. You're a bit older than me, aren't you? I'm yeah, I'm not quite as old as Mark. Yeah, yeah, not not quite as old as Mark. I don't know many people are, but uh, <laughs> but it's. I would love to drive because I remember because there's a thing about and Mark. I don't know if it's, it might be different in Australia, but Paul, over in the UK, there used to be the thing you never really saw cars older than 15 years old on the roads. Mm, now mm, next time true. you're in a coffee shop next time you're in a coffee shop and you're just watching traffic go by it, mm. it's still quite rare to see a car that's more than 15 years old but more common than it used to be yeah, yeah no i definitely agree yeah, yeah yeah but it, it but it's still you go hang on there's not that many you think there'd be just tons of them all over the place because they're galvanized reliable all the electrics mm. still work the parts are still available and you but mm. but they're not but whereas back in the day they would literally just no fall chance apart and rust away yeah um, yeah. Whereas now that they've kind of combat that, but they, we still... had the scrappage scheme. If you remember, though, do you remember the scrappage scheme? That was the, yeah, that like, killed know, so many good cars. There was so many, cars. and I don't think they were allowed to do anything with them. They had to be recycled, yeah, and therefore those cars had to go. So you'd see yeah. or see stories on piston heads or wherever that was, you know, all the best cars that got dumped, and you'd have like a 106 Rally Series One. That's you're just like, how is someone let that yeah. go? You know, well the way it's the way that. It was always going to be the case because, Mark, I don't know if you know about the scrappage scheme from a few years ago. No. So it was basically where the government said, if you take your car and go and trade it in for scrappage value, you'll get £2,000 for it. 
Oh, yeah, okay. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and it means that they were trying to encourage more people to buy new cars. Sure. Mm. I mean, it, it just sounds so, even only a few years later, it just sounds so wrong. And what happened was, it wasn't people driving around in really polluting, inefficient, heap of shit cars that we see all the time. It was people driving a 20-year-old car, some old person who's looked after it immaculately, and they've gone, I fancy a new car. Oh, I'll get two grand for my car. That's not worth very much. And they got scrapped. You know, my my father-in-law took his uh, 2000 VW Passat V5. Yeah, okay. And gave that in. But he drove every day. It might have had 100,000 miles, but he had leather interior. It was fantastic. And he gave that in and bought a Golf. And it was that kind of thing that just went and got scrapped and scrapped. And it wasn't, you know, and those all really awful polluting cars, they're still out there. You know, the, yeah. you know, you mentioned about cars that you'd never saw like over 15 years old. Yeah. I actually think there's a window of cars that are absent. And that's sort of like about from about 15 through to about 30 years old. And then you do get cars again that are older than that. Do keep in mind yeah. that 30 years ago is 1990 now, right? Which blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you look at... It's like, like a... It's just like those whole point. those cars are just um, empty. You know, those cars are missing in that 15-year window. Absolutely. But there's that point of my friend made, which is slightly off topic, but he said that if um, Marty McFly was to go back in time now, he'd go back to 1990 and he'd be playing Two Princes on stage <laughs> by the Spin Doctors. <laughs> you would. <laughs> but one of the things, you're absolutely right, Mark, that, that gap, because sometimes you see something on the road and you go, that's not only, it's fallen out of the public consciousness, it's fallen out of my brain. Mm. If someone had said to me, oh, name that car from that period, you just go, like a, like a Metro. Yep. When's the last time, Paul, you saw a Metro? I don't even know. I, don't know. I, I think the last one was someone, in fact, I know when the last one was, it was a caffeine and machine. Um, and if you ever listen to this, my friend that did this to your car, a big high five and a shake of the head at the same time for a, turboed quite a big turbo as well i don't know i couldn't tell you which one it was k20 and just dumped that in the front of a not even an mg metro it was like again same thing leyland brown metro i'm sure i got a photo on my phone i'll send it to you guys you can have a look Uh, and and the dino hl sorry yeah and (laughs) the the dino graph in the window and it was something like 420 brake horsepower in the front of a i mean you know what a metro looks like did someone say talks to you yeah. Talks to you. Oh, my God. I would imagine you'd have absolutely no idea what's happening for the time you've been No, the front, the front will just get ripped off and drive off down the road. Yeah. yeah. Talk, talking, about, talking, about engineering, talking about engineering projects before and cars with motors that don't belong in them, mm. I've had a long-held guilty little fantasy one day building a Lotus Elise with an LS conversion. With an LS. Yeah. I don't think I've heard of a... So I'm from... My background's Lotus. Um, in fact, I do a tech talk with a guy from uh, HPE Automotive, and he's a friend of mine called Dan. He built, built K20s to go in Elise's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, and the engineering, the, he's an amazing guy, fascinating chap. So, And that's going to come out as a tech talk, and it'll be on the podcast on the channel as well. Yeah, but there's a guy um, in yeah, Canada... K- there's a guy in Canada that's doing them. Like, and it's, um, well, LS is for yeah, the, they extend well, the wheelbase by about 150 millimeters to make everything uh, okay. work in, you know, from Ooh, the back, so from the serious, serious engineering. Yeah. The whole back end is completely more like Hennessy. Yeah. But, uh, 
I tell you, it'd be exciting. It'd be exciting uh, thing to trial, I reckon. Wow. It goes for me. This, this is uh, so. Engineering comes to the tagline of design for purpose, and and that's always sticks in the back of my mind. Is what is the use case? For, joy, for a, joy for a, for a, a purely toy. Because you're gonna over, surely gonna overwhelm the chassis with anything over. I think 350 brake horsepower is the maximum an Elise feels right with. Much over that. And I think if you dump in their lesson, they start at about 350. I don't know. Yeah, look, maybe when they're running that, you know, half half. Uh, only half the bank of uh, pistons working in their fuel economy mode, you mean? Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. The idea of an 800 brake horsepower, yeah, madness, absolute madness. And that, I yeah. think that's what's ex- all, that's all a uh, Carrera GT ended up being. Did you know, some, um... putting, it, putting the world's most stupidest, en- uh, biggest, most powerful engine they could come up with and then mm. put it in a light <laughs> chassis and make a smile. It definitely, well, it does that most of the time. Well, the... <laughs> But didn't the original Elise come with, it came with a Rover engine, didn't it? It did, yeah. yeah. My, my Elise had a K-series in it, yeah. Yeah, the, the classic head gasket. That's the one. The ones yeah, that were all mine was true to form. True to form, I had that car <laughs> two weeks. And uh, I thought it was the boy because I was sort of 27, 28 years old and I bought this Elise and it looked quite nice and I polished it and looked good. Drove through Chapman Town Centre and then, in, you know, Everyone looking at me, I think, yeah, look at it, like great in this. And then standard K series moment, it waits for everyone to be around and steam everywhere. You know, itself. spilt its guts onto the floor. <laughs> me getting out, which helped with my legs, trying to push it because I've got no power steering on at least, trying oh, to push no. it on my own out of the road. Yeah, <laughs> killing a vibe. But yeah, yeah they, they are known oh. for it. But the beauty of those things is you can do them in an afternoon. It's not a hard job. So. Yeah, and, and it's also um, going back to the cars that have disappeared. Because there were a lot of them were in the UK. They're all British cars. Mm. The Rover 200s, the Rover 400s, mm-hmm. uh, the Montego, Maestro, Metro. Yeah, right. All British cars. You just don't see them. But you'll see, you know, you'll see German cars. Lots of them around. You'll see French cars. Um, you'll see loads of those, you know, European cars. But you won't, you won't see the British cars. because you know, And then people roll them out and say, oh, it's a classic. And, you know, it's the same thing again. No, it's old and shit. But it just happens to be <laughs> working. I had a, Do you think time just go on? Sorry, Mark. Okay. I had an older gentleman, Englishman, who is an MG psychotic, right? And um, he would have had maybe five or six of them in the shed. And he always said to me, Mark, there's only one thing the English ever did good in the automotive industry, and that was make endearing cars. And they've never made... Not from in the 80s. Now, he reckons they've never made a good car. He says, you've just got to love them because they're English and they're endearing. Sweeping statement. I think so as well, right? But then you throw out examples that prove otherwise that the English have done from top to bottom. E-type. E-type, DB5. No, DB5, no. E-type, yes. A DB5 is an endearing car. If you've driven one, they're not as good as they should be. Yeah. Yeah, true. I think so. I genuinely think that, that Lotus is the example of that. Like, yes, all right, you have to accept a few panel gap issues and things like that. But again, they they they're not they never built any of those cars with the interest of them being, you know, Good. perfect road cars. They were majority of track cars that you could use on the road. But they've got you know something that keeps the rain off you. But and oh, for they're that, so, they're, they're so absolutely rare. amazing. But they're so rare, even from you know, if you seventies, eighties ones. I mean, you. I remember seeing. I, I drove once. Uh, an 80s Esprit 
Like you can't see like anything. It. Like the Bond one. You can't no. see anything. Uh, an 80s Esprit. Lotus yeah. Esprit. Was it because they did, Mark's right, they did, low, I mean, they ran those things from like 79 or 78 to 2000, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, so they, it went, really they went on, yeah. And, and this one was the more powerful, not, was it the V6 that they had? Didn't they, they did a V8 one of that car, didn't well, they? They did both, yeah, yeah V6 with a Renault V6 and the, it must have been a Rover V8, I would have thought. But, I, but it just, you couldn't, you can't see anything. And when you floor it, it's just, you, you're just fighting it constantly. And I think I saw for the first time, a Lotus that I, I liked as a kid and I had it as a toy. But for the first time, I saw a real one. And mm. I was on my way to Ascot a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, when you see someone pushing a car out of their garage and it was a Lotus Europa. Oh, yep. Oh, mate, they, they are ugly as sin, aren't they, those things? Well, they're kind of, they're, they're very... Um, Endearing. You love it or you hate Endearing. it. Endearing. <laughs> Endearing, that's it. <laughs> and but, I remember it. Go on, go on, sorry. But I looked at, I remember the first time I properly saw one was um, on a magazine cover. They was a, they'd reproduced a magazine, a really old magazine cover. And George Best was sat on the front of one. <laughs> yes. I know the, I know the picture. I know the picture. Yeah, and, uh, and, and I thought, oh, that looks, that looks interesting. And then, you know, I saw... A, um, on some TV program, and I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And then when I saw it in real life, you know, you look at it and go, it's just proportionally just completely not what I expected. And mm. I couldn't I couldn't decide that at that moment. Do I like it or do I not like it? I don't know. The, the mm. first sports be, pickup was actually thing. designed in the UK. The what was? It was the first sports the sport. pickup. You know, like the Americans love fast uh, utility vehicles like oh, the Aussies yeah. do. The Europa looks like a ute. It does. Like yeah. You're right. It yeah. does. No, Ashmal, it does. Going back oh. to the Esprit, though. Going back to the Esprit for a second. Unlike Harry Metcalf, right? Harry Mac. I think everybody knows Harry Metcalf now. Yeah. He's got two yeah. million subscribers or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. His collection, right? And what is he? He's got all the, the options. He's got everything. He used to have a um, Pagani, for Christ's sake. So he can pretty much buy whatever he likes. He's got an Esprit in his collection. and that, Or if he, unless he sold it recently, he did for a long time. Um, and he absolutely loved that thing to bits, and he drove it all over the place. So, yeah, you know, the, the, it, when you've got all those options, you should still go for a, yeah, a series one British I'd, I'd car. Love, yeah, I'd love a, a series one. I think it'd just be the best thing. It'd ever. be so endearing. It'd be, yeah, it'd be so endearing just constantly being broken down on the side of the road. <laughs> I think we've, we've basically proven Mark right with all of this conversation over the last 10 minutes. <laughs> it's yeah. not, it wasn't my the statement. Brain, I, I can't claim this, yeah. right? We're just talking about what someone else said to me. And he was a nutcase yeah. for Pommy cars. Anyway, let's, yeah. uh, that's enough Lotus talk. Let's talk Porsche. Mm. So, oh, wait, before we do, before oh, yep, we do, yep. you know when we're talking about Paul would start with something, you know, because you, sometimes you want to prove some theories and you might not want to go yeah, and build yeah. something from scratch. Yeah, yeah. I did see on eBay uh, a replica fake Countach. <laughs> There's one of those here in Perth. <laughs> oh, no, you're, you're, you're about to sell your Boxster, aren't you? Unless you've sold it already, in which case. That's uh, no, I need, to tell you. I need to tell you because I've got my 912. And when I went to get my 912, which car can I do without and I don't want to see? I took the Boxster and left it in the storage facility. Right. So that, when I get it back, it's just going to sale. So if you want to try stuff on that, you know. Hey, could, hey, it could, be, a good, could be a good starting point for an engineering project. It could. It's not going to be ours, but yeah, I'm sure somebody else would appreciate that. <laughs> damn it! Damn it! I thought I had a buyer then. There is. Nice some, try though, mate. There is some absolutely terrible Boxster 
um, car tribute, like Porsche Speedster, old 356 Speedsters built from Boxster platforms and these sorts of things that people have built. If you ever go looking for them online, there's some shockers that they've used Boxsters as the platform for. Yeah. You know, nothing safe, is it? No. Isn't there a isn't there a hard top you can buy for a boxer that makes it look just like a Cayman? I've seen it before. I have seen one again. as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to reserve my opinion in case someone's listening and they've got it and they love it. Oh no! So, no, you don't have to. They look terrible. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Uh, okay, fine. They are absolutely shocking. I don't know what you were thinking yeah. if you bought that. And because a boxer's not an ugly car. No, it it's doesn't fine. need it. It's coming through its own now. Yeah. That's what I love about that car, yeah. especially the early one. I was talking to, you know, Connor, the guy that basically was the inspiration for starting the whole engineering in the first place. <coughs> he, um, we were talking about his first Porsche and I, and I said to him then, look, get, get yourself a 2.5 in silver with red interior. Don't touch it. Just clean it. Keep it in nice condition. And that car will always serve you well. That's a great car. And I, anyone that's got that good on them because I think they're, they're going to be a classic. Yep. Yep. I and if anyone have... who hasn't got one and they want a 2.7, that will they will need to clean and it will let them down. Uh, give me a call. On the box to, <laughs> on the box to platform, I would even suggest that to, in today's range of Porsche cars that you can go to a dealership and buy new, that the 718 Spider could be one of the best looking cars they make. I think yeah, you're right. I think you're absolutely I'd right. I'd go with that. I'd go with that because a friend of mine had one. I saw a nice um, one um, at the local dealership here last weekend, and I thought, yes, that is a great-looking car. Mm. They Same thing for me, soft. though. Go on. You know, when they, when yeah. they, when, when they, when they first had the sort of um, concept car almost before yep. it was released, yep. everyone went crazy for it. But when, the, when it first appeared as a Porsche sports car, soft top, um, compared to that, it looked a bit soft. And I, and I think when you look at the 718, you just think there's nothing soft about that. That looks fantastic. Mm. Every, from every angle, it looks brilliant. I'll mm. be happy to Well, particularly that. the spider uh, with but, the body shape at the back. Yeah. Whereas the, the, the Boxster has, has now, like Paul, you were saying, has now come into its own because it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's grown on people. It's got a different place in the Porsche right, yeah. lineup. It's all I think that Cayman and the Boxster as they've grown over the years has helped that. I think, you know, yeah. for a long time they really were viewed as the bottom rung, but not in a kind of, you know, you're still a bottom rung of something brilliant. It was the bottom rung of something that was a bit of a turd. And actually yeah. over the years, you know, Caymans, everyone's kind of lauded them and said, you know, the handle great, especially the 987.2s kind of got rid of some of the mechanical issues and still retained the hydraulic steering and all that stuff. So they're really and same with boxes and I think that's done the, you know, and then now we've got GT, GT products for, for that stuff. And the latest that's in the 718 Spider is basically GT4 underneath, whereas the 981 didn't. The 981 front end was mm. I think GT products and the back end wasn't. And so all of that, I genuinely believe all of that's helped the, the sort of the early stuff and it's grown that to, to its own following. And it's not necessarily an, un, you know, an understudy of the 911. It's just something different. Well, they've, opinion, actually, but... they've actually built. If you look at historically, whenever their Porsches brought out a poverty pack, you know, an entry level product, it's had a pretty mm. short lifespan. Mm. You know, we, you know, you could go through nine fourteens, nine two fours, even the nine four four to a degree. Mm. Um, 
anything non 911 historically hasn't gone that great. But the Boxster has mm. been built now for what 25 years. Oh, the 25th yeah, anniversary car came out last year, didn't it? Yeah. So what about it, yeah. the 928 though? The 928 wasn't. It was almost built as the replacement. No, not almost. It was built it was. as a replacement. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So and it and it was. I mean, now people look at it and it's a, it's a great car, but. I, I don't it's know. an edge case still, isn't it? And it, uh, yeah, they didn't read, never, read your it, audience. Read your audience. Yeah. You know what was wrong with the nine eleven? Why did you need to replace it? You know, well, nobody struggled yeah. with the at the time, boys. Nobody was buying the nine eleven. That is that, ultimately. I don't know if that was, but that wasn't really the problem of the nine eleven. Wasn't that a problem in the world with fuel crisis? Americans were selling cars, and no one made them bigger than them. Mm. Yeah, they they've what always had. When, when did the 928 come out again? It was 77. What, was it really? Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's, really, it's old. Um, but it's big. When you stand next to it, it's big. Yeah. Well, when you and, drive and a 912, everything's big. It, I, true. That is true. Yeah. Because I, I was when I went to that show on Sunday, I was parked next to a, a Turbo X. I mean, that was just ridiculous. You could have parked in the passenger was, seat. And I, yeah, and I thought he's yeah. just going to see me and just drive over it when he goes yeah. to go home. Um, but it was. And, and you even, you know, there were so many different cars there. You know, you've got all the G-body ones. You've got the 928s. You've got Boxsters. You've got um, 996 GT3s. You've got 997 GT3s. You know, the new G992 GT3. There was everything across the spectrum there. And, and it was... It's one of the few times where I actually looked at my car and I didn't see the flaws in it. <laughs> Is that because it rusted out? You turned the other way or you had yeah. really dark glasses on? Oh, different flaws. Yeah. Yeah. I, thought, shining, yeah. I was squinting really badly. And you know, when you squint, it's like, yeah, you know, it looked quite good. It's, yeah, it looked good. Uh, I'm, and I was pleased that obviously it got there. Um, and home. But, and, and also Porsche Classic were there. So I asked them if I could drive their Safari Cayenne. How'd um, that go? I'm waiting to hear back. I'm waiting to hear back. Fingers crossed for you, mate. I'd love to. You have to let me know when you're doing that, and I'll. Yeah, and I'm not. And I'll, I'll, then I'll just, Ajmal. Yeah, I'll, I'll try not to drive over my 912. Sell a Boxster and buy buy an old K in and build one. I probably could get if doing for the amount I'd get for my Boxster, which isn't a lot. I'd probably get. You'd, you'd be halfway uh, there, wouldn't you? Cayenne and have a grand left. You would. You would. <laughs> yeah. And as long as you get one that's got um, you know, fixed fixed springs and not um, adjustable. Yeah, the, the air ride stuff. You're doomed. Yeah. 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 But the right stuff isn't it? Isn't it always the valves that just need they're, they're a cheap part? Oh yeah, it's just yeah, it's just cheap. Yeah, it's on a Porsche. It's just, it's just cheap. <laughs> yeah. You can see Arjun's yeah. problem with buying cars. It's just a small thing, you know. I left right a tiny out. thing. Yeah, it's fine. It's not a problem. Ball scoring. <laughs> I don't worry about that. Exactly. Ball <laughs> ring scoring. This, which I know. No, but if Jack's listened to this, and I know he's not. He's probably going, 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 please don't, please don't. Because <laughs> it'll end up there. <laughs> You're right. So what, what was well, the highlight actually, of the show on the weekend? Oh, the highlight of the show for me was uh, the pizza. Yeah, and, great. Uh, <laughs> great reflection of the products there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was, it was just the, because the venue was amazing. It was big, stately home. Um, and it was an invitation only thing. So mm -hmm. the, it was... There weren't a lot of people there. Yep. And they had lots of, you know, hospitality, food, drink, um, you know, really good coffees. And then you could go and see the Porsche Classic stand, which had a racing 911 from the 70s, no, 60s. 
and and then they had all of the mods that you could buy for your older car you know like the bccm plus and, and sure. um all the exhaust stuff and things like that and you could go and talk to anybody because it wasn't like it was there was a queue to speak to everybody but then there were tons of people with really cool cars that you could just go and chat to mm-hmm. uh it was just a little bit of a shame that it was so far away um and it was only about three hours three or four hours that it lasted any track um, race cars there uh no um and i got a little um like a little goodie bag well let's see what do you got uh so i got a book oh yeah originally yeah oh yeah i've got one of those great oh there's multiple uh, there's multiple uh volumes they mm, bring out a new one every quarter it it doesn't give me a volume number but i open the page and who's on the first page of course she's laura So, but really good, really good book. Uh, I got um, a 964. Oh, yeah, nice one. Mm. And for some reason, I got a, a rosette. Best dressed donkey or? Uh, no, no, my 912. Don't talk about my 912 like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, the thing I didn't mention is. Uh, donkeys have the feelings too. Car. Yeah. The toy car is a is a pullback one. Oh yeah, nice one. It's pretty cool. I was quite pleased about that. Um, and that was it, really. Oh yeah, I got, I got a little uh, Porsche leather coin bag. Because that's all you'll have left, spare change. Uh, I don't have change spare of any kind. <laughs> oh, maybe I should. Maybe we should give this away. This book. Have you got the you did it? Where's the wrapping for it? What the book? It comes book. in like a, a yes. sort of a really beautiful wrapping as well. Yeah. Oh, it's a sleeve, no, is it? Not even that. Oh, because the one I had came in like a strange sort of old, um, same sort of thing you put like an old part in. It's the, the, the oiled wrapping, basically. Yeah. Oil yep. Yeah, I've got four of them unopened. Really, right? Yeah, I've one of one of the issues because they have they release a new issue every quarter or every six months yeah. or something. So yeah, I haven't got um uh, thing here. I've got a um, I don't know. I've got my bookshelf full of classic books. goodie bag. <laughs> look, at, look at that. Yeah. Very nice. Are you guys <laughs> either of you guys going to Flat Six for the weekend? The good oh you might remark because it'd be a bit of a track over for you, but you <laughs> I am not. I will be at my mum's in the oh, Midlands. Okay. So I'll be far away. I thought about going, but I there's um I was gonna go to the there's a, a rent thing on the twenty fourth. It's there charity is, yeah. cars and coffee. I bought a ticket for that and realized I'm gonna be on holiday. Um, and they've got their, their um, mark the track days today. I know. Thursday the seventh. I didn't make it with uh, with the Stig. Well, more importantly, Brian will be there. Uh, yeah, Brian will Brian of course will be there. Yeah, and the whole gang. The what? um, I was going to mention. Oh, my GA Yaris is on collecting cars. If there's anyone out there looking for that. one, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone out there in the market <laughs> looking for a GR Yaris? Collectingcars.com. Yeah, what, what, uh, I mean, they're a great car. What got you to? Because you can't have had it that long. So, what? What is it? The same thing with me with the Carrera T. You just didn't love it, or no? I bought a, I bought a Cayman GD4. Oh well, that's a reason to get it rid of it. It serves so, the yeah. same purpose in my yeah. garage. I don't need them both. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. And they've both got about the same amount of space in the back seat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, but I just think the the Yaris, and a lot of people didn't agree with me, but I drove my friends, and it's brand new. It had mm. 500 miles on it when I drove it. And um, when you're driving it on a country lane, winding country lane, flat out, or flat out, or eight beyond eight tenths, it's it's amazing, but scary because you because I know that if it ever Mark, we've talked about this before, if it ever lost grip, because it's like it's on rails, and if it ever lost mm. grip, you, I know I don't have the driving skills to get it back at that speed. Mm. And and but when you're driving around town really slowly, I, I suspect it's just like any other Yaris. It's just so it's easy, it's comfortable. You know, it's a premium because everything you touch and the way the interior is laid out, it, it's not. That's no way an average Yaris, but the way it drives, it's so docile, it's so easy that you know you, you can't accidentally just put floor it and go too fast. Well, that happened deliberately. Well, people t- say that about Golf R's and true, yeah. People say that about no- modern 911s. Oh no, a Golf Golf. I mean, we've had a Golf R for four years, and there's there's no. I mean, like my wife said, the first time she drove it, she went, "I feel like it's egging me on <laughs> to go faster." <laughs> Whereas a Golf GTI. Is is the classic, you know, Mark Seven onwards is the classic, mm. all things to all people. It's mm. well, we, but they're rare. Weirdly, there's not that many people buying GTIs now because ours are pretty close in value, aren't they? So yeah, they are. Well, that's exactly what happened it. to us. We yeah. went to look for at a GTI, and once you spec it up to what you want, you go, hang on, the R is only a little R. bit more. With all of that stuff as standard, and mm. it's four wheel drive. And it's four wheel drive. If yeah. if if so, that's something you seek. But it's just you wouldn't say no to it. No, look, no. But the point I'm making is a high-performance front-wheel drive car that with a that's sorted. I think is a much more exciting car to drive than a high-performance four-wheel drive car of the same I power. I totally agree. I totally agree. Mm. And I'm a weirdo, so I'm I I love the idea. If I was going to buy a Golf GTI or an R, I would want to replicate as close as I could spec-wise or interior-wise to a really early one. So. It, I'd be looking for like tart um, interiors and check. stuff. Tart interior, yeah, as much as I could. That kind of emulates the early wind stuff. up windows. Cool. <laughs> if I could get them to do it, I would <laughs> take the weight out. I don't need that. Yeah. It's fine. But I really would. I'd be, I'd be looking for that. And I think that again, as a collector's offering in decades to come. And I'm just those sorts of. When I say that, Ajmal, I'm not suggesting it's a better car for it. I'm saying as a mm. driving experience, and that whole, you know how why your nine twelve's fun. Yeah, that whole seat of your pants to a point, and the numbers aren't that great. Yep. That aspect yes. of it is what I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah, because because the, the, the R is just so fast, it's so ridiculous. quick. And that yeah. goes back to my same point about my 981 and why I bought that back is that I can rev that thing all the way out, and I'm not doing stupid speeds. I get the, the, it hasn't got so much tire that you can't get a bit of movement, and actually it still feels safe. Whereas if I was doing the same thing in the 911. You know, you're doing massive speeds before you're getting into that, and it just it dulls the experience. It doesn't make it better; it just it kills yep. it. So I totally get the idea of getting something that's light and thin-tired, and you can just play with it, and you know, you can flick it in and out or something, and you can just control those movements. You know, and you feel everything, all the body roll. It all comes back to the driver at the end of the day. Or as you get something that's four-wheel drive, 450 brake horsepower, you stamp your foot down, you brake for a corner, you stamp your foot down again. That for me isn't. That's not yep. where the driving enjoyment is. It's not for me. Point and squirt. Exactly. It's not, you know, yeah. that's just horsepower. Isn't exactly. It? Which is why I like an old 80s Panda 4x4. 
<laughs> I know we're I know we're a Porsche. <laughs> Porsche. Starts with P, ends in R. But I like no, because if you go if you go to Italy and you go to some mountain top tiny little village, there's a 1980s yes. four by four, uh, you know, panda just. It's, a, about like it's actually a two thousands one. They just kept building them. I, I, and I was actually in Italy two weeks, no, three weeks ago uh, at Lake Como, and we were staying with a friend of mine that lives up the side of a mountain. And Ashmar, you couldn't be more right. The amount of, and apparently they don't sell them. So what they do is all, you know, no. they're owned by a family and they just move on to a different person in that family. And the, that family's owned that same 1986 Panda 4x4. And it's, they're just, you know, bodge tape and sticky tape and glue and it's still going. So well, That's how they actually left the factory, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Probably still on the same tyres yeah. as well. When you think it's, 80s it's, uh... Italian cars, you don't think quality, do you? Yeah. You don't. I feel like... Uh... Duct tape technology has moved on a lot, so we should keep them going. Well, duct tape and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. has. <laughs> but the um, for for me, it's it's cars like that. I you know I love that they're the ones you know the endearing thing that we talked about earlier. And when someone comes along and goes, actually, we're going to remake that, and they end up with the Panda Cross. Do you know the love it. up four wheel drive? I love the Panda love Cross. It. Me too. Tiny engine. I'm a total convert. It's a proper, yeah. yeah, it's proper off road. It's got like the shield under the engine. Is this like um, a Suzuki I... Jimny? Is that that type of thing? Oh yes. It's all biz. Yeah, it's all biz. Yeah, okay. See, I said, I said to my wife because I always liked the old Suzuki Jimny because they've that's another one. They just kept making it, kept making it, kept making it, and then when they came out with the new one, and my wife was like, "Should we get Suzuki Jimny instead of like the Audi A3 that we bought?" Because they can't. And I went, "No, I can't buy an old Suzuki Jimny. Not now that I've seen the new one." <laughs> the new one is just it's just when you see it, it drives just as like shit as the old one have you driven Sorry? one i've not driven one yeah oh, they're everywhere here like we yeah, are they okay. yeah well we don't okay. get the fiats and stuff like that here in australia there's the jap cars reign supreme so you know when you're mm. speaking earlier about all those english cars from that era that have vanished mm. yeah. japanese cars of that era is what's vanished here all the suzuki swift gdis oh, and wow. you know the okay, um, yeah. mazda um uh SP3s and all this sort of stuff, you know, so all those, and all those rally cars of that era, Japanese rally cars, like you try and find an early WRX, they just don't exist because they've just had the box, you know, revved off them and their gearboxes shit themselves and they cost too much to fix, mm-hmm. so they end up not getting fixed because it's only a three grand car, you know. Oh, wow, then so you get a weird paradigm, don't you, at that point where, and, and I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sure most people that are on YouTube watching car channels, Mighty Car Mods, and they're going through the same thing of picking what they you know what stuff that was two or three four grand and now it's 15 20 grand and plus it's not got any better it's just rarer yeah That's the only oh, yeah well, it's because money. yeah people just didn't fix them yeah and they, yep. t- they and they like we, you know you said you had that scrapper thing mm-hmm. car yards here in australia they have a minimum trade-in value so you take your oh. rubbish to the car yard and most of the time, it's like four thousand dollars Australian, so that's pretty close to two thousand pounds. That's right? pretty good, yeah. For most, but you got to buy a brand new car to get that. And no matter what you bring in, as long as it's right. got a number plate on it, they'll give you your money. But those cars just go straight to the crusher as well. Mm. Oh wow! So the, a lot of those were probably Japanese cars from the eighties and 90, early nineties. Yeah, there was that big period yeah. of when that was happening, and Korean cars. Like for a while there, we had like in Western Australia, the number one Hyundai dealership in the world. What? Seriously. Hyundai. Back in the 90s. Oh, wow. Because the thing is, the, oh, Hyundai just got this sort of, they had this reputation, didn't they, of just being 
cheap but boring. Yeah, but they just kept the at it for long enough that they ended up being accepted. Like people think it's okay to go and buy an i30N. Well, it happened be- I, I, over here. It happened a lot because they gave this ridiculous warranty. Of they still do seven years or a hundred thousand miles, and everybody still else does. Yeah, yeah, they oh, still it, do it. It's definitely but, that here. What's seven years or something like that, or what, ten years or something? But mm. what they've done now is, I, I think they've. I mean, having seen some stuff, I've not driven one, but I've seen the stuff about the electric cars that they're now doing, and they are—they're just, you know, a, I think they've gone beyond what Volkswagen are doing. You know, you look at it, and it, they've just really thought it out, and they've just gone that extra in the design, in the execution of it, in just the the Ajmal is so very dear, basic though. ergonomics. Like I've, I can right. look right now. I'm going to use the electric car as the example. The um, crossover vehicle, the Ionic. Five, it's called, right? Mm. Here in Australia, we get very little tax incentive for electric cars here in Australia. I'll just lay that out up front, mm. right? But that mean, but that's the same for every electric car. It's not just a particular brand. Now, an Ionic Five drive away is about one hundred and ten thousand dollars. Oh wow! Okay, so was that about fifty odd thousand pounds at the moment, right? Yep. That's a lot for yeah. A, yeah, that's a lot for a Hyundai. Okay. Mm. We haven't got the ID cars here in Australia because Volkswagen haven't brought them in yet because they sell too many petrol cars. And, you know, there's not the need. Yep. We don't have the what's happening in Europe going on. A Tesla Model 3 is $71,000. So you can go £35,000 versus a Hyundai that is 50 plus thousand pounds. It's. It's not a hard decision to make. Now, one of them, you can oh, charge man. anywhere. Sure, the build quality may be better in the Hyundai, in all fairness, mm. but mm. one of them's mm. Coca-Cola and one of them's Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Whether it's better or is that doesn't matter, but market perception, you know, it's... It's the, it's yeah. the Android phone versus the iPhone at the end of, of the day, it isn't is. it? Yep. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. You might, objectively, you might think, actually, the Android phone can do more. It's got more capability. It's well, some brand of Android phones can. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah, you know, so but ultimately, it's always yeah. But ultimately, people just want an iPhone. You know, same. I'm on a Mac no, and no um, brainer. Phone next to me. Mm, yeah, it's it, just easy, isn't it? And that's why Tesla I mean, succeeded, should, isn't it? I should get a MacBook because I wouldn't have the IT problems that I have. <laughs> <laughs> Will you sell that box for yours, Ajmal? I know I need to you've do. Got that. Enough money for a, you've got enough money for a um, for a Cayenne and a Mac, then, mate. So. Oh there my God! Go. Yes, but yeah, not that. Exactly. But not also to fix the air suspension in the KN. That is true. But what happens if you don't fix it and you just keep driving it? Sorry, you know that. You, you take... Remember that story about the thing with the uh, go to the servo and getting to pump it back up again in the uh, oh yes. what was the other car? Yeah. That's what'll happen. Right. Doesn't it pump That's itself a... back up when you fire it up? Like, Till it leaks, and so while you're driving along, it probably lets all the air out again. <laughs> it's just, it's just got to be. Surely, it's just keeping it at that level, and when you park it, it just goes down. What do you think? I think you have a catastrophic leak. Then that's it. You've got nothing of you. I, I remember watching or reading or seeing something where someone was doing some off-roading in um, America somewhere, and they took their 
um, their cayenne out and they say that exact thing happened. They just literally ramped it off a massive rock or something and they just burst completely and they were stuck in the middle of nowhere with no way. Because obviously you get down to like no travel at all there. Yeah, yeah. They had to drag its bum all the way out of the desert with it kind of, yeah, not fun. So it's possible, I guess, but... Yeah, yeah I don't... No, I mean, because I'm the guy who drove a, a, golf, a golf Mark II for three months uh, with no... It oil? didn't turn right. No oil. No, it didn't turn oh, right. Oh, no, that's your 996. That's right. Sorry. <gasps> Take that back. <laughs> I've been in that car, and I, that car, I'll stand by that car. I loved it. I thought it was great. So... <laughs> It, yeah, it's not, it doesn't rattle or anything like that. It drives fine. It just looks neglected. It needs some TLC, doesn't it? That's what it yeah. does. It needs yeah. some TLC. It, yeah. it is. And, Apart uh, from the rust at the back, and then he's cutting out and, and doing properly. Yeah, because I thought, you know, you know, my wife scratched it and she scratched it right over that rust bit. Perfect. And, and yeah, and she said, look, at first I was away for a couple of days, so she didn't tell me. And she was frantically looking through my uh, social media to see if she could find Jack or Brian from Rinse. <laughs> I just say to them, can you fix this? Really Before quick? he gets home. Yeah, and she went, I was probably going to end up messaging some random person. <laughs> and she's like, I couldn't quite work out who it was that you knew who knew how to fix them properly. Car SOS would have been a good one for you, mate. Just um, we oh, need to get car man, SOS on, okay? Yeah. yeah, but I don't know if they do three cars. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, hey, boys! It's, it, it's we're getting on a bit here. I want to do a bit of housework about the podcast, if that's all right. Yes, Ajmal, ten thousand downloads this week. Oh my god! Well, you, you sent me that. I did. I didn't think what get out. I I felt like it was seven not long ago. Yeah, I reckon big number. Pretty happy. What about you? That's pretty yeah. impressive, isn't it? Thank you, all the listeners out there. New listeners, yes, thank you. Go check out our old episodes. Yeah. They're nearly as good as this I'd, one. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you to everybody who supported us, all the guests that we've had on, Paul, you too, just to everybody who's been on and talked about it and told other people about it. It's just, like, you know, it just it felt unreal when you sent that. And I thought, no, but I'm probably Worth happy it. about it. Yeah, I'm chuffed as well. And um, we have got some bigger guests coming up and some repeat guests coming up as well that we've had in the past. Some have been on adventures in different parts of the world and are going to come and talk to us. And some old friends coming back that have done similar things and bought more cars. And we're just going to talk to them yes. about those more cars. So any listeners out there, please stay tuned for future episodes. Paul, thank you very much for your time today. Another quick plug Pleasure. for Reengineering. YouTube, Instagram, links are below this podcast in the description. Please go and subscribe to his channel. He's got to get at least enough subscribers so we can actually give his channel its proper name so he can find it on YouTube. I need that 11. Well, I've actually got 46. As, as obviously. What do you need? Today, I think so. it's 100. If you've got 100, don't you? You're then allowed to use your own um, <laughs> URL. All, all four people who are listening, yep. go and do that. Go to channel. it, yep. It well, 10,000 according to you guys. So, yeah, good on you. Yeah. And if um, even if a few of those that come, come follow it, then yeah. 100%. Let's get, let's, and let's follow yeah. this project. But more importantly, mm. we need you to start it. We want results. Yes, I'm, we, I'm excited. It. I want to see it. I don't want to grow old doing it. it. So get onto it, will you? Yeah. <laughs> I certainly will. And I'll, and I'll be happy to come back at some point and then kind of tell you how it's Yeah, we want updates. Yeah. We, I, can't wait. Like. I can't wait to talk about that time, you know, that you lost your hair because one of the graduates burnt the place down, right? And you had to start yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, looking forward to it. And it'll be on YouTube for everybody to see. So yeah, and that's the important thing. Okay, because <laughs> if it I wasn't will, on YouTube, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, and do, I will come do. and visit. I will come yes. and visit. Definitely. You're always welcome, mate. Mm-hmm. Great. All right, then, boys. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Ajmal, we're going to have some giveaways coming up soon as well. I will yes. get on top of those and we'll talk about them next episode. Thank you, everyone, yeah. for listening. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Ajmal. Thank you, everyone. Thanks very much. Take care.